Many people are very concerned about losing their assets to a partner or spouse when they separate. It's a big concern. In my last episode, number 92, I went over some strategies that people can use to protect their asset during a relationship or when separated. But sometimes there is no way to protect assets, but there are ways to lose them on separation. So in this episode of the Ontario Family Law Podcast, I will cover some of the ways to lose assets when separating to help you avoid making the mistakes that lead to those situations. I'm John Schumann, a certified specialist in family law in Ontario with extensive experience assisting clients with high or complex incomes. I'm also a mediator, arbitrator, and collaborative lawyer. I have a best-selling book, The Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law. The fifth edition is now on sale with many additions and updates to the previous editions to bring it up to date and make it even better. It is available on the iBookstore, Amazon, and in fine bookstores. Losing assets to a partner or spouse in a separation is a relatively easy thing to do. Here are a few of the big ways to do that. 1. Let your partner use and look after the family cottage. 2. Set up a trust. 3. Try to hide assets. 4. Give assets away to avoid sharing them. 5. Don't pay support. Hmm. 1. Sharing family cottages. Family cottages can be passed down for generations and they can be sentimentally important to family members. But if a married spouse regularly uses a cottage with his or her spouse, then that cottage becomes a matrimonial home. Oh. Yes, people can have more than one matrimonial home. Ouch. And as I went over in episode 92, when married spouses separate, they share the entire value of a spouse's interest in a matrimonial home. Even if one spouse owned that interest in the cottage before marriage. Hmm. That is true when the spouse is a part owner. It is the value of that part ownership that is shared. Oh. And yes, people can have several matrimonial homes. Mm. Every place the married spouse is regularly occupied together is a matrimonial home. So a main home, a cottage, and a vacation property or a second home can all be matrimonial homes at the same time, which means that the spouses share in the value in them. There are two ways to avoid this. One is by way of a marriage contract. So check out the podcast episodes on marriage contracts. The second is if both spouses sign a designation on title, making at least one property a matrimonial home. Oh. When both spouses sign that designation on title, which requires two lawyers to do, Ouch. all other property that one or both of them own can no longer be matrimonial homes. <sighs> There's another way that unmarried spouses or even spouses who have signed the matrimonial home designation can get their hands on the value <laughs> in a cottage or other valuable property. That is by contributing either money or their own labor to the property without appropriate compensation. Now being able to use a cottage can be compensation, but often cottages require a lot of work, perhaps more than the value of renting one. If a spouse puts in more than they got out of the cottage, it may be possible to claim an ownership interest or to be paid for the value of that contribution. A good marriage contract or cohabitation agreement can avoid all of these problems when it is done properly. If keeping an asset is really important to you, then speak to a family lawyer about a marriage contract or cohabitation agreement that will protect it. There's a lot more about that in my book, so get a copy from Amazon, the iBookstore, or ask for it at your local bookstore. Also, to learn about these and many other family law topics, make sure you subscribe to get other episodes. Please like this episode because it really helps it reach more people who could benefit from this information. Also, hit the notification bell so that you know as soon as other episodes come out. 2. Set up a trust. Some people think they are being very smart by setting up a trust to keep assets away from their spouse. Legally, assets in a trust are owned by the trust and not by the person who created that trust, ah. called the settler. 
However, once someone puts assets into a trust, he or she no longer owns them. So that person has technically lost the asset unless that person also makes themselves a beneficiary of the trust. Oh. If a person is a beneficiary of the trust, they can be paid back the asset. And if the person is a trustee and a beneficiary, that person can decide to give the trust asset back to themselves. Hmm. But Section 4 of the Family Law Act says that anything a person will get as a beneficiary of a trust is family property to be divided. So there is no benefit to putting an asset into a trust with the hope of getting it out again after separation. In fact, that can have some really bad tax consequences because trusts do not have the same tax deductions that people do. Oh. So the only way to keep an asset out of property division on separation by putting it in a trust is to put it into a trust in which the spouse is not a beneficiary. In other words, making it so that the spouse can not get it back. Oh. So that spouse will have lost the asset. That might be okay if the asset is going to the kids, but those kids may be able to share it with their other parent. So a spouse can still lose assets worth hundreds of thousands of dollars by putting it into a trust. They may just have slightly more control over who will end up with that asset in the end. Hmm. Speaking of ways to save hundreds of thousands of dollars, check out the other episodes on common family law mistakes. Oh. Then hit subscribe and the notification bell to make sure you don't miss any future important episodes. Yep, yep. You'd also get a copy of the fifth edition of my best-selling guide to Ontario family law. It covers a lot more important family law issues and goes over how to avoid costly mistakes. Ah. Click the link below to get your copy. The fifth edition is on sale during the launch. Wow. Three, hiding assets. So it makes sort of sense that if a spouse can hide an asset, <laughs> then it may be left out of the property division calculation. Unfortunately, many spouses know each other well enough to know when the other spouse is hiding something, or they have a good idea where to start looking for things on separation. Also, good family lawyers are very skilled at noticing when something is missing. They have seen enough people try to do this that they have a good idea of where to find clues or indications that there are assets hidden somewhere. They also know how to analyze years of bank statements or other documents or search for other records that could reveal the existence of hidden assets. Sometimes family lawyers get help from forensic accountants to find assets. If there is enough of an indication that there are hidden assets, then a good family lawyer can get a disclosure order that will lead to documents revealing those assets. And then either the asset shows up or the spouse with the asset makes the worst decision of trying to defy the court order. In episode 77, I described the consequences of breaching a court order. But where there are indications that an asset exists and a spouse is trying to hide it by refusing to make proper disclosure, judges can impose all kinds of costly penalties. In addition to significant fines, a judge can assume that the asset exists and attribute a value to it that is so high it gives the spouse hiding it an incentive to reveal it. Otherwise, that spouse could end up sharing a value for the asset that is much more than the asset is worth and pay much more than he or she would otherwise have had to pay. 4. Giving assets away to avoid sharing them. Sometimes when people are anticipating separating from their spouse, they give their assets away to prevent their spouse from getting them. There are several problems with this strategy. First, if the spouse actually gives the asset away, then the spouse loses that asset. Second, if the spouse gives the asset away, but in a way that they expect that he or she will, can get it back, then the asset will still be considered to be property to be divided. Oh. So the spouse still has to share the value and runs the risk of not being able to get it back, even after sharing that value. Third, if a spouse transfers an asset specifically to prevent the other spouse from being able to make a claim to it, then that action would be a fraudulent conveyance. Oh. 
If the other spouse can convince a judge the owner spouse transferred the asset to avoid a valid legal claim, then the judge can set aside the transaction entirely. That can lead to problems for both the person who transferred the asset and the person that got the asset. Five, don't pay support. Wow. Paying child support immediately on separation is an obligation of all separated parents. I went over that in more detail in episode 79. Once there is an agreement or court order for spousal support, that is also a legal obligation. Oh. Not paying support where there is a legal obligation to do so can lead to all sorts of consequences. Both judges and the FRO have tools to enforce support and make sure the recipient gets their money. When a support payer does not pay, the FRO can register a writ of seizure and sale against an asset. Then it can seize and possibly sell the asset to fulfill the outstanding support obligation. The Family Law Act allows superior court judges to order the transfer of an asset from one party to another to satisfy a support obligation or a security for support when there is a history of non-payment. This can lead to a spouse losing assets. In one of my cases, I convinced a judge to force the other party to sell his beloved classic Ferrari to satisfy his support obligation. Not paying support can cause the spouse to lose assets with immense financial or emotional value. There are lots of ways to lose assets in a relationship. Many of them come from ways of trying to be sneaky or underhanded in trying to prevent a spouse from getting an asset. But some come from not being careful to protect an important asset like a cottage. Sometimes a plan to keep a spouse away from your asset can mean that you lose that asset anyway. Wow. You just have a bit more control over who you lose it to. Hmm. But if you transfer the asset just to keep it away from your spouse, then a judge may transfer it back. Losing an asset is easy when you are in a marriage or common law relationship, so speak to a lawyer to develop strategies that will work to protect the asset. If you are finding family law or children's law confusing or difficult, or you just need to understand it better, or you need to know how best to make parenting work after separation, or if you need to understand how finances work during a marriage or a common law relationship and after separation or divorce, get the latest edition of my book, Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law. The latest edition is currently on sale at a reduced price because I want to get it quickly onto the bestseller list like all the previous editions. You can access it immediately on the iBook store, on Amazon for the Kindle version, Amazon can also deliver the paperback version directly to your doorstep. You can also get a lot more Ontario family law information on www.humanlaw.ca. Not only are there hundreds of pages of family law information and links, but there are links to get my book and links to reach my office to meet with either me or one of my colleagues. You can also contact us to make an appointment to speak to us using the contact information in the description below. It is always best to get a lawyer who can give you expert advice that's specific to your situation. In addition to my website, keep up to date on family and children's law issues by liking my Facebook page, following me on Twitter or X at, and Mastodon at HumanFamLaw, and finding me on LinkedIn. I'm also on threads. Of course, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to keep up to date. You can get the audio versions of the Ontario Family Law podcast on all major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many more. Or you can get all the episodes at www.humanlaw.ca. Just look for podcasts in the drop-down menu. Thanks for participating in this podcast. We will get together again soon.